make you work out too hard, all right? You won't be embarrassed necessarily. Uh, that's up to your own interpretation. Um, it's super easy. All you have to do is raise your hand, okay? We're going to do an... Not now. <laughs> Follow the guidelines. Here's what... We're going to do would you rather, okay? Would you rather is I'm going to give you two statements. You must decide. That's the number one rule. You have to decide between the two. You can't choose and to alter one of them. You can't just say, nope, I'm not doing either one. You have to choose one of them, okay? Uh, so let's practice. Actually, we're just going to do two, but let's do the first one, okay? Here are the two uh, ideas or things you have to do. So I'll, I'll read them to you, then I'll come back, and I'll ask for a vote of which one you choose. You guys got that? Hands down still. So would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song you hear? Now, you have to. Music comes on, you're either singing or you're dancing, regardless of where you are. Do you understand? All right, here we go for the vote. If you would rather be forced to sing along to every song, raise your hand. If you would want to have to dance to every song, raise your hand. Deacon, do you see those hands? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> What's funny is, yeah, the, the first 8.30 service wanted to sing. There was like two people that wanted to dance. All right, so here's, here's another one. Let me read it to you first, and then we'll vote. Uh, would you rather travel the world for free for a year or get $100,000 for you to spend however you please? Okay? So raise your hand if you would like to travel the, around the world for a year for free. No cost. And you don't lose your job. Oh, see, I twisted it. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to add anything. Raise your hand if you'd want the $100,000. Ooh, 50-50, just like first service. All right. But the fun with that is you, you must decide. You have to decide. John has set up through, the, through the, this first chapter, this prologue, who Jesus is, uh, that he is God, he was with God, he is a son of God, he is creator, uh, he is life, he is light. And then we're going to look at this passage, 6 through 13, by the way, of him entering into, this world, into the world. Well, as he enters into the world... The world, you, we must decide. We can't not decide on Jesus. Uh, so let's dig in. John 1, verses 6 through 13. And here's where, like I said, John has set up who Jesus is, who the word is. He hasn't quite said the name Jesus yet. But we know it's Jesus. And what is going to be the interaction between Jesus the light and the darkness of this world? Uh, so 6 through 13 says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So here's John, and we're going to be a lot of John the Baptist and John the, the, the disciple. So here's the, John the disciple leading us from verse 5 that says, 
the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, to now the light is going to come and be part of the world. Uh, look at verse 9, and then we'll jump back to verse 6. Verse 9 says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The Greek here for the word light is to make evident, uh, to reveal. So here's this picture of Christ coming into the world to reveal our sin, uh, to reveal and show the darkness in this world, uh, and to expose the darkness, to understand that this light is going to show the true, this true light is going to show the true nature of this world, a true nature of darkness and the sin that is in it. And this picture of coming into the world, John is setting us up for verse 14, where it says that the, fle- the word was made flesh. And so here's this, this picture of the incarnation of Christ Jesus coming into the world as man, fully man, and fully God. Uh, and so this already picture of the incarnation of Christ, the light in the world physically, and for us to understand this revelation from God, what we need for salvation, and it's Jesus. It's this light in our darkness and in our sin. A tr- the t- word true is genuine and ultimate. Okay, the, the, the very best, the ultimate, the, the true, genuine light And light is this revelation of God to man. So the one and only true revelation of God to man is Jesus. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verses 78 and 79. Here's this picture of what it looks like when when Christ comes to the the earth, uh, comes into the world as light into this dark world. So Luke 1, verses 78 and 79 See, I should give you guys all my verses before, and then you could have cool little post-it note things in your Bible. Um, so Luke 1, 78 and 79 says, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness, and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Here's this beautiful picture of the sunrise Uh, coming from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, that's where we are in this darkness, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And we still, we will see that the coming of this true light does bring conflict to the powers of this world. Um, And the powers of this this world, uh, the evil, the sin, is, is going to conflict with the light. Uh, There's going to be conflict, and we're going to see that theme all the way through the book of John. So it kind of looks like here's the word, light, here's Jesus, came into the world. Now, God has all power, all capacity to be the light in this world, and he doesn't need anyone else's help, right? There's God's almighty. He doesn't need anyone to do his will, to do his business to make sure that the light is shown to all men uh, for us to encounter Christ. But what's cool is he does use us. Um, he does, this is a relationship with God to mankind and this love covenant that he has for us. Because, go back up to verse 6, the not, light only, not only came through Jesus coming to the earth, but also there is a witness uh, there was someone who, who was able to testify who the slide is. So 
Read with me again verses 6 through 8 in John chapter 1. It says, There is a man sent from God whose name was John. Now this is John the Baptist. And he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So here's John the Baptist coming, used by God, sent by God, this, this human element to do this light shining business that God has planned. Um, he's using us. He's using man. And here's John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus. His purpose was to give testimony, a witness to the word, Jesus, which brought light to the darkness that all might believe. Uh, so John's got this special mission sent from God, by God, for him to testify and be a witness to the light who is Jesus. <clears throat> and John the Baptist is a solid witness. Okay, solid. He was sent from God, that, that's enough. But then, even going, looking at the fulfillment from Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 40, verse 3 says, A voice is calling, Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Uh, so even the prophecies, the fulfillment of Isaiah comes through John the Baptist. And then Malachi 3.1 says, God said, Behold, I am going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. And so here's John the Baptist. He's got, like, God's laid all this out for John the Baptist to be here. Now, I don't remember if I told you, go back to Luke 1. Luke 1, and we looked at verses 78 and 79. <clears throat> We're going to go back a little bit. To verse 76. Because here's another thing about John the Baptist is that God laid this out. So I read to you this, this picture of the sunrise. Here's a picture of Jesus coming uh, for us to, or for him to give light to those who sit in the darkness and the shadow of death. Go back two verses. This is actually from Zechariah. Do you know who Zechariah is? The son of John the Baptist. And going back two verses, here's Zechariah talking about his son, John the Baptist, says in verse 76, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. And then goes into this description of Christ's coming. So now, yeah, here's John the Baptist again setting up who, what the solid witness is. Now, we're going to get into a lot of John the Baptist, the end of this chapter, chapter 1, into chapter 3, some other areas uh, of who John the Baptist is and his testimony and witness. <clears throat> but he's a solid witness. If he was to go to court as a, as a character witness for Jesus to share who Jesus is, John the Baptist would be, like, ideal uh, to be able to do that and prove that Jesus truly is the Son of God and who he says he is. And this verse the first, is the first time that John, the disciple in the book, uses the word believe. Uh, and we're going to be, believe is going to go all through <clears throat> the entire book. In fact, it occurs almost a hundred more times throughout the book. I'm uh, working with the sound guys this morning. Elliot McKay does my titles, if you ever go on YouTube. James was awesome because it was like, true faith is whatever. John's going to be like so deep and rich 
So we're just titling the entire series um, to make, to, now I forgot what, it was, what I told them. But anyway, it's going to be, um, to, it's, it's about believe. It is about to, to believe that Jesus is the Christ and to know that he is the Son of God and he is Christ. And so that all may believe. That was it. And if you take a look at this first time believe, and then the end of chapter 20, uh, where John the disciple mentions that these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then John, here comes John the Baptist, who came as a witness that all might believe through him. So here's this beginning process of believing and taking our statement of faith and moving it to uh, a statement or a, a a faith relationship with God uh, that we are continuing to believe. <clears throat> and then the passage says that he was not the light. John the Baptist was not the light. This is used as a distinction for those who knew John the Baptist, who thought he was the Messiah, who thought he was the Christ. And so John is, is giving distinction between John the Baptist and Jesus. It is also a great reminder that this message of Jesus is not about us, okay? I'm <clears throat> fed up with how much weight and how much uh, attention is given to celebrity pastors, celebrity Christians, uh, speakers, musicians, you name it. Uh, there's all this rock star aspect of Christian pastors, celebrity pastors is what I'm calling them. Because a lot of the attention goes to them and not Jesus. Uh, and I pray, so help me, if I start walking with a little extra swag, y'all have the right to pop, pop me up on the back of the head to get me back on straight. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus. It's all about our focus to Jesus. Our lives should point others to Jesus. It shouldn't be about how flashy our sign is with the arrow to Jesus. It's just supposed to be about Jesus. Uh, and so here, John the disciple is saying, John the Baptist was not, uh, was not the light. It's not about him. And this verse tells us that not only that he, John the Baptist, isn't the light, John the Baptist himself tells us that he's not the light. And we'll get to this in the end of chapter 1. But he makes statements like, I am not the Christ. I am not Elijah. I am not worthy even to untie the sandals of Jesus uh, because it's all about him, so much greater than myself. Turn with me to John 3, verses 28 to 30. And here's another great picture, and I'm waiting to use this one because we won't get to chapter 3 for a minute. Uh, but John 3, verses 28 to 30. And here's John the Baptist again saying, you yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, for I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom, okay? Whoever's getting married, it's about the bride and the bridegroom. They have each other. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. He must increase, but I must decrease. So here's, again, a very obvious thing about our lives in our faith. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. And sorry to burst your bubble if you've ever been a wedding, got all spiffied up in your tuxes, in your dresses as a, as 
a bridesmaid or a groomsman, guess what? No one cared. You're like the framework for the bride and groom. It's all about their day, right? That's fun to get dressed up. There was one instance that the, the attention was taken away from the bride and groom. And that was a wedding I did that I kid you not, and it was absolutely successful. The ring bearer was a golden retriever. Came all the way down the aisle, got the ring, and we were good to go. Um, so then everyone kind of looked away from the bride and groom. But the point is, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the church. It's all about that relationship that we have been called into, that we continue to point and focus others on Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5 and 6, and I'll read this to you. For that we proclaim, or for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. With ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Has shown in our hearts. Are you ready for this? It's all about Jesus. We get to point to Jesus, but guess, it's not just some flimsy sign that says, hey, look at Jesus, not me. That light that we have in our faith shines through us. That light is Christ. So we are the sign. We, people can see us or see Christ in us because of our faith in him. That's amazing. So God didn't just use John the Baptist says, hey, be my messenger, be my witness. No, the light of Christ Jesus shone through the life of John the Baptist. The life of Christ Jesus shines in our lives. And we have an amazing opportunity, privilege, and honor to be Christ and to share the, Christ, share the love of Christ with those around us in a dark world. That's awesome. Then now turning to verses 10 through 13. How does the world react? Okay, so we have this picture of Christ coming into the world as the light. God uses us as light. God uses, uses himself to reveal to others. So now what, you know, is it going to be all peachy king? Like, hey, we're in the darkness. Have you ever been in a really dark room and you can't quite figure out where the light is and you get... All right, fine. I'll admit this. So my boys are... Actually, Cameron's leaving today, so pray for him. Um, but when I'm home alone in a house in which the odds are higher now, I mean, Carrie is, but have I admitted to you guys that I can't sleep in a dark house? That I have to have a little light on? Yeah, it freaks me out. And I'm, I'm old. <laughs> 53 years old. So there's an element of... It's not very comfortable in the dark, so let's get the light on. And here's Jesus coming into the world of, yes, th like, that's saving light. Thank you, G We need this light. We are stuck in this darkness, right? That should be the normal, natural reaction of anyone who's in the dark to turn the light on. But we are going to see all through John, that's not the case. We see all throughout Scripture, that's not the case. It is logical to assume if you need a Savior in rescuing in this Savior is given, and you have a chance to get rescued, you're going to get rescued. But we don't, do we? It's a little tiny word called sin. Um, so how does the world react to the light? When the light comes on, some are going to react like cockroaches, scatter, go and hide, uh, get back into the darkness. Others will welcome the light, knowing that it's their healing 
or for their healing, for their good, for their salvation, for their life. Uh, and so the world is either going to reject or receive Christ. Uh, so taking a look at, the, at reject, there are two phrases here uh, that John gives us that when the light came into the world, there were those who did not know him, and they even within his own people, they did not receive him. Uh, and so to not know, to not receive, and the world also is this theme that goes throughout because there's this conflict between good and evil, light and darkness, um, life and death that is going to, to butt heads together, unfortunately, when they collide and, colli and crash together. Because our world is dark. Our world is, is under Satan's rule as ruler of this world. It is by nature hostile to Christ, the things of Christ, to us as a church. Take a look at what's going on in Afghanistan. Um, it is blatantly dark in this world, and not just Afghanistan, all over. But to, but to see it visibly is, is I, there's, I get shook with what is going on. And there is an element that we need to understand how urgent this message of light is, uh, because it is a dark world. And as we know that when, when Christ came, not everyone received, not everyone's going to receive this light. Uh, these verses reveal the tragedy of sin, the terrible wickedness of the human heart, uh, and some just don't want to know him. Sin is utterly irrational. Like I shared, if you are drowning and you have a hand reaching down to save you, why would you not grab that hand to save you? But yet here we are in this dark world, and those would rather be in their sin, rather be in the darkness, and not have the light of Jesus Christ. And then even his own, verse 11, that he came to his own, those who were his own did not even receive him. Here were the Jews that were looking for Messiah, that were looking for their Savior to come. And Jesus wasn't good enough. He wasn't quite political enough. Uh, didn't quite have the power and, and prestige that they wanted to take over the world. And they rejected him. They had Moses, the law, the temple, the sacrifices, but they did not comprehend that these lights, okay, not the true light, but these lights were pointing to Jesus, and they ignored them, and they looked right past when Christ came. But, so how is that possible? It makes no sense. Here's why it's possible. Sin is powerful. Please know that. Christ is so much greater than any sin that we will ever think and live and, and commit, but sin is still powerful, and I think we take that for granted. Uh, we live in a dark world still. We still sin. Our faith could be an amazing, to an amazing point in our journey and, and so tight with God, and our lives are this holy life that we live in the name of Jesus. We're still going to sin because we still have a problem, and it's still real and we've got to be, continue to be aware of how powerful sin is. So yes, logically on paper, it doesn't make sense. But we're still dealing with reality. We're still dealing with a human nature that it's easier to sin, isn't it, sometimes, than giving our faith totally over to God and pursuing him and believing him. But then we have the option to receive. 
Okay, the world has rejected some others. We might even know people who have rejected Christ. But then we get to receive. Uh, we have the opportunity. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So receive, here's this first challenge to believe. Um, we talked about this for a couple of weeks. You, I can make a statement of belief. Okay, I believe this. Well, it's like, Pastor Randy, prove that you believe it. So now I've got to actually step into faith and believe and react to what I stated to you. That's where we are in our relationship with Jesus. We can say that Jesus is the Son of God, but the demons did that, okay? Our belief, our faith is in the true salvation of Christ as the Son of God, as our Savior. Romans 10, 9. What does it say? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... Okay, that's a good thing. But then what does it say? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. So it's, it's this first step. And here's John the disciple giving us that if you did receive and believed in his name, we were given the right to become children of God, to receive Christ, to receive his name. In his name refers to all who Jesus is as a son of God. All who Jesus is as God is in his name. And it gives us uh, the, the entire picture of his saving grace, of his death on the cross and his blood shed for our sins to cover our sins, to fully forgive us, and then to rise again to conquer sin and death. This is our believing in Jesus and having faith in him, knowing that Jesus died for our sins, and we are trusting in him alone. There is no other. So believing in his name. And John says that when we, re we receive Christ, that he gives us the right to become children of God. And this word right is, is you're locked in. It's a legitimate claim. Just as it, when you were born, a birth certificate was printed out, uh, giving evidence to your, who your parents were. Uh, we are locked in with a legitimate claim that when we ask Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior, that we become children of God, and we are locked in to that family. This new life in Christ, being born again, it's a spiritual new birth uh, that's not by human act or anything that we will. It is truly only by the, God, the grace of God and through Jesus. And so we are children of God. And that's family. There, there's so much more to, when we say on Sunday morning, hey, when you hear your family, like, it's, not, it's more than that because we are family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, which, by the way, if I've called you bro or sis, like, it's deeper than that. Um, there's a legitimate spiritual reason why I can call you bro or sis. We're, we're family. We are family here. We are family with all those around the world. And our Father is God. And that's an amazing, precious gift. That God didn't just say, hey, here's Jesus, accept him, and we'll see you in, in eternity in heaven. No, he's all in with us now. We are family. We get to do this together. All through what God the Father has allowed through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit that's allowed us to be in this relationship and to know that as family that we are truly loved and cared for. And to know that when we are called children of God, and 1 John 3 shares this, 
See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And that's difficult. It's difficult to understand the world's going to reject Christ. The world's going to reject the church and us in our witness. So I started off with our fun, would you rather, because we must decide. And John has laid out that when Christ came into the world as the light, there, there are going to be those who reject and those who receive. You have to. There's not this option to be like opted out of this whole, you know, Jesus thing. We must decide. We are forced to make a decision. Matthew 12, 30 says, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. We can't just say, oh, I just don't even believe in God. No, that's a rejection of Christ. That's, that's a rejection. And so we either have a choice to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior or reject him. And where are we in that? Joshua 24, 15 says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region above the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and our house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, we will always serve the Lord as, as this church. And I pray that that is your heart, that we choose to serve the Lord. And then that our witness. Uh, as we live this faith out and this believing that transforms our life and continues to make us look more like Jesus and our eyes are focused on Jesus and our life is living like Jesus, we have the opportunity to be a witness. And we have an opportunity to have people see Jesus in us. And for us, I pray that we continue to work on where we are in our faith, work on where we are and on this, this process of believing, and understanding it's, it's a lifetime process. Uh, but as long as we are keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, then God is going to do his work in and through our lives and our hearts uh, and the ministry that he's given us. Uh, please close with me in prayer as we thank God for this opportunity to have to, to just jump into his word. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this picture of Christ uh, and who he is as life and light. And as he came into this world uh, to encounter the darkness, the sin, I pray that, Father, this, this is ongoing in our heart, and I pray that we continue to love the light. I continue, pray that we continue to seek after all things of Christ Jesus, and that we continue uh, to pursue him with all that we have and all that we are because of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.